0: Welcome to another episode of the Psychosomatic podcast or welcome girly man. Oh
1: my god, there's so many of those in this movie. <laughs> so many.
0: So I think I think the would get uh, listed before some of the actors in this movie.
1: I know exactly. <laughs> it's uh, so funny because even at the in the very beginning uh with the helicopter scene well, you should probably introduce the movie oh.
0: first. Yeah. yeah, the the uh, might be a little vague because I guess it could be a catchphrase. Maybe have... it's like Homer's "Doe" mm-hmm. of the Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. We are covering the 1987 film with slight re- recollections of the book. I would say probably very slight. The Running Man, written Ooh. by Richard Bachman as stephen king
2: strike that reverse
0: it this way please
2: yeah
1: exactly <laughs> uh have you have you read many of the uh bachman books
0: i probably read a few wasn't the was the body part of the bachman book i know apt pupil was
1: yeah i think it's apt um i believe uh road and the long run or i'm sorry the long walk I which I think The Long Walk is like kind of a under red book. That's a pretty good one. I like that one quite a bit.
0: I had never uh, I hadn't read Roadwork, but on a Stephen King audiobook of collected stories that I got out, you know those apps where you can download the digital shit your library has? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had The Long Walk and Road Work on there.
1: I, yeah, I I love The Long Walk. And I, I actually really appreciate um, The Running Man, too. But this is not Bachman's Running Man. <laughs> this No. Is, uh, this is American Gladiators meets The Most Dangerous Game. Like, that's the best way I can summarize this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think this actually is credited as one of the inspirations for American Gladiators.
1: Oh, nice. So did this... Did this come first before American Gladiators?
0: Yeah, uh, I mean the movie was eighty-seven. I feel like
1: that's right around the same
0: time. It is. It is around the same time, but I would say American Gladiators is probably closer to ninety.
1: I just remember I was a kid when it was on, and I was obsessed with it. So that's the only. Thing. <laughs> yeah. So much spandex. <laughs> I, I don't
0: remember, remember the revival like, or not. But... Ice and Zap and nitro was the dude my favorites
1: yeah my favorites were nitro and lace lace mm. was my favorite lady american lace. gladiator
0: Yeah, i liked lace more than i like zap
1: there's something about uh a really like beautiful woman kicking someone's ass that like really just like it gets me i'm i'm there
0: <laughs> right uh the the show the original show first aired on september 9th 1989
1: oh okay so it came after this
0: and it ran to 96 nice wow yeah it was the... definitely
1: a staple of my childhood i will tell you that
0: yeah whenever whenever that was on i feel like it was on at night time at least to start and it was the shit you wanted to do i always wanted to do the one where you had to shoot the
1: oh uh, the, yeah i know exactly what you're talking about the uh god what was that called i can't remember the only one i was always like i would never win this was the climbing wall i'm <laughs> it's like it's <laughs> never gonna happen for me <laughs>
0: The football one maybe or whatever that was the well, weird football to, basketball thing
1: who didn't want to run the gauntlet i mean come on that's where you the, get the zip line and
0: all that stuff run up the treadmill at the end with your dead legs oh and it's
1: funny um not to go too off topic but we've been watching the revival of double dare
0: oh that's already started back i knew yeah, it was coming
1: yeah. and um I'm I'm reminded constantly that this is like the uh, discount kids version
0: of American Gladiators, sort of, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what we could have had hadn't there been child labor laws.
1: I know, right? But uh, it's funny because Mark Summers is on that show, but he's not hosting it. Some... Uh, YouTube star that I don't, I don't know who she is. I mean, she's fine at hosting, but I just have no co- context of where she comes from. Um, she's the host and he's kind of like the, uh, commentator, you know, the people that take you to commercial
0: and whatnot. Oh, okay. He's the Ryan Seacrest of his own show now?
1: Yeah, exactly. But uh, it's pretty fun. I mean, I, I think a show like Double Dare and even shows like, you know, the revival of American Gladiators and everything is just the constant reminder that we are living in our nostalgia at this point in our lives because we're too terrified of what's going on in
0: real life right now. <laughs> yeah, The the what did South Park do? The Member Berries? yeah the member berries yeah exactly member member american gladiators (laughs) member
1: oh my god so yeah running man can i uh open it with some book talk first
0: yeah of course you son of a
1: bitch so what i remember from the book i i know that i read it probably mm, i don't know like Ten years ago or so probably was my my, was my read because I went on this whole Stephen King binging where I was like, I'm going to read every Stephen King book. And that did not happen because I could not get through insomnia. But that's,
0: that's OK. <laughs> I um, keep putting you to sleep.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but The Running Man, um, I, I'm wondering in the wake of all of these Stephen King revivals if we're going to get, you know, Stephen King's Running Man. You know what I mean? Because that would this be is- so cool. This is not the same book. So the the book is more focused on uh, the poor and how we're treating them and uh, that he goes into this trying to make a better life for his family and that uh, he basically, if I remember right, and, you know, your listeners, forgive me if I get some of the details wrong, but um, he goes into this and it's, you ha- basically have to survive for 24 hours and they're just like hunting you all over the city and you know, people can help you if they want, but they can report you if they want. And he goes, it, it gets crazy. I seem to remember him going into like storm drains. And if I remember right at the end, he, a spoiler alert for people that haven't read an eighties book, uh, <laughs> uh, he gets in a plane and flies it into the, the headquarters of the television, uh, place.
0: Most of that is correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm, good. Uh, I'm
1: good. My memory is holding up.
0: I reread it a little bit more recently. It's thirty days.
1: Thirty days. Okay, not twenty four yeah. hours. Although
0: twenty-four hours, I think, is the average lifespan of a runner.
1: Oh gotcha. Maybe that's where I picked it up from.
0: Yeah. So basically, yeah, Ben Richard most pretty much all the names are all the same. And Ben Richards, he's got a sick daughter. It's, you know, dystopian America police state where everybody watches reality TV on the state run media. To keep them distracted enough to just let everything go on as it is.
1: Well, and oddly enough, it's uh, weirdly, if you think about it on a, on a lighter note, it's oddly similar to what we're doing right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's he, healthcare care sucks. So he's going to try to get enough because for every bit of time that you survive, you bank money in the book. Uh, you bank money. You're declared an enemy of the state. Yeah, yeah, And for every hunter and every cop even that you kill you get more money. And, and it all
1: goes back to your family, right? Yeah,
0: it all goes back to your family. If you survive the 30 days you get a billion dollars. Like a billion dollar bonus plus all the shit that you earned during it. But, Jesus. <laughs> but since people get a reward for turning you in or calling in tips, that sort of limits it. They've got you know all the resources that a government and hollywood has so you're given some stake money and you can go anywhere in the world that you want but everyone's watching tv everybody's trying to get you and you have to make two like video real world video diary confession things and mail them every day
1: and so if you, the cards are pretty much stacked against you <laughs> yeah
0: and like if you don't do that all your money goes away and you'll be hunted until you die even if you make it like a year they'll yeah. just well fuck you you broke our rules and yeah it goes on for, i think he goes eight or nine days which is the record in the book and killian like we'll get to later in the book but he has the same offer for him
1: says like f- come work for us
0: yeah yeah come come work for us well, I don't know. Maybe this could put my family in danger. And Killian says, "Well, we killed your family before you even started this." And... Yeah,
1: that's like the that's a it's a very uh, similar theme in all of the Bachman books that the you're gonna die anyway. So like, mm-hmm. <laughs> try to make a best of the situation, I guess.
0: And Richards. Yeah, he he does fly the the airplane into whatever the
1: is it town. the same name? Do You remember the the programming ICS?
0: Oh, was it ICS? Yeah, uh, which they never they never
1: say what that stands for unless I'm not remembering right. We we watched it actually last night, so it was free on Amazon Prime, so it was really easy to go back and just take a take a peek <laughs> back at the movie again.
0: <laughs> I don't think they ever say because I also rewatched it last night.
1: Yeah, it's. Man, I And you know, from I guess we can kind of go into the movie if that's cool with you.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: From the opening of the TriStar logo of the horse galloping into the screen, I was immediately sent back to like my eight or nine year old self. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's it's this is a this is a movie that was watched many, many times as a child, which looking back on it, probably my parents probably shouldn't have let me watch this, but you know, <laughs> they did. So I don't know, what's your history with this movie?
0: Earlier on, I I had a very restrictive movie allowance. I could read anything I wanted. Yeah. But
3: I Watching had to different. Yeah,
0: I had to black market secretly watch stuff like this and the weird science movie and shit. Yeah. At, at my Friends' houses or an an aunt or an uncle. I think I said somewhere that you know my mom's youngest brother. (laughs) One time when I was staying at his house, he went and got Friday the Thirteenth and Creep Show and said, "Let's watch some scary stuff." So I I definitely had seen it quite a few times. Uh, My my best buddy Aaron, who gets brought up a lot because we played music together. Also, there was a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger over his his house. Yeah, I will say
1: I get, when I think back on this movie before I watched it last night, I this this gets scrambled in my brain with Total Recall. Like, there's scenes that I'm like, is that from The Running Man or is that from Total Recall? Because I can't remember.
0: Stop whining. It, you know, you could mix a lot of it together. And I, I think even... Can be a lot of parallels drawn between Philip K. Dick and th- this story from Stephen King.
1: Yeah, totally. Uh, uh, the
0: the the implantation scenes at th- at the beginning of the movie that it's, that made it, me think of it.
1: And, and I will say, like, I don't remember like how it, it the, that scene made me like itchy. You know what I mean? Like it <laughs> it was like. Uh... I don't know how to put it, but I, I didn't remember it being so painful. And I was like, oh, God, like they're really just like jamming him.
0: Well, yeah, I get, and that's another thing. In well, they don't really give a shit about him in the book, but in the movie, it's like a branch of the Justice Department. Mm-hmm. And it's all prisoners and enemies of the state.
1: God, and wouldn't our government love if they could do this right now? They oh, would, yeah. They would relish in it. This would be winning winning.
0: Trump would host it. He would, he would resign the presidency to host it. Oh my God. Totally. Uh, you know, who, who loves you and who do you love? <laughs> who would be the, uh, the,
1: uh, judging panel? What would be like Mitch McConnell? <laughs> oh <my laughs> you, <God>. know? <laughs> you know, and it is, uh, I think that I suggested doing this movie because, uh, we just had our most recent version of the purge come out. And, uh, I think that, you know, obviously, these are sensationalized versions of the future, you know, quote unquote, for future, even though this movie takes place in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it's odd to think about that. This is this too far off. Let's like really think about it. Is this too far off? And that's that's a little scary to think about.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not like society hasn't had public executions in the past. Right. I think that's one of the, the scary things about them. It's always sort of felt like a realistic possibility of you know, this or Rollerball or, you know, where it's... A uh, of Rollerball. I haven't thought about that movie in forever. That movie,
1: uh, the remake, came out when I worked at the movie theater.
0: I was af- too afraid to watch the remake.
1: It's not, it's not good. It's not <laughs> worth your time. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, besides the... Uh and the questionable American pie movie, anything with Chris Klein in it. I mean, <laughs> he, he's a pretty handsome guy, but he's not a great actor.
0: <laughs> handsome doesn't make talent.
1: Exactly. He, uh, I, worked, I used to work in fine dining back when I was in college and a little post-college, and uh, he came into our, our restaurant to sit at the bar and have a drink because he was staying in the hotel that I worked in. Uh, he was a nice enough guy, uh, really quiet, but I think that was at the time where his career was pretty much a flatline. So I think he was there filming something independent in my, in my little grand Rapids town (laughs) back when I lived in Michigan. So,
0: and I thought maybe some of those actors were from the Illinois, Michigan area.
1: Yeah. They're all like a lot of those, I I think like the late nineties. Well, you know, that American pie not to, well, we're way off topic, but I'm just going to go for it. (laughs) Um, American Pie is actually based off of a neighborhood in Grand Rapids, Michigan. the 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 hot dog place that they kind of make their bet at is based on Yester Dog, which is a Grand Rapids staple. Where they have, you know, the Detroit style chili chili dogs. Little inside baseball there for you. <laughs> All right, should we go back to Running Man now?
0: <laughs> yeah. So Running Man takes place in 2017. I think in the book it's. 2020 or something not even that many years difference that i wondered why they changed why would
1: they change it that seems really strange i didn't even recognize that
0: so it starts with 2017 after worldwide economic collapse the united states has become a totalitarian police state censoring all cultural activity you know the the basic oh see everything went to shit (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, we get that like red screen with like the rolling script telling us, you know, the state of affairs in in the US now.
0: Yeah. And then it cuts to Ben Richards who in the book is a mechanic or something, but his job has been made obsolete.
1: Yeah, I I seem to think in the book that he's much more of a a simpleton, you know, not not like a helicopter pilot.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, he just got tired of his wife turning tricks to pay for medicine for their daughter. And he figured he wasn't going to make it, but let's bank up enough money so the family is good before I die. In this, Arnold is a police helicopter pilot, and there's a food riot in Bakersfield, California— he says they're just people that want, that <laughs> want food. <laughs> the hell with you!
1: They are innocent people.
0: They are unarmed.
1: My Arnold Schwarzenegger impression is awful. So <laughs> get I mean, ready for that.
0: Mine is awful, and you've been hearing me do it.
1: Yeah, uh, I, and uh, <laughs> it's funny. This movie kind of gave a lot of political careers to these people. I mean, we're looking at Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jesse Ventura.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think this uh, to be successful in politics you need to have been in predator and running man god
1: oh man and i read that uh he actually used this movie as a slogan for his bus on his political career uh, for arnold Schwarzenegger. i don't know if you read that or not
0: i feel like i remember that
1: yeah it's i think when arnold was running was right around the time that I was getting the right to vote. So right around when I was like getting ready to turn 18. So I I seem to remember it, but I wasn't following it, Mm. if that makes any sense. Oh, totally, totally. And they stage him to be a war crime person because uh, they bomb and shoot down all these innocent people. I, I forget the amount of people I said that died, but it's a substantial amount with women and children. And he gets sent to prison at the, uh, I wrote down the Wilshire detention zone.
2: (laughs) Well, hello, Mr. Fancy
0: Pants.
1: This is the part, uh, when I think back on the movie, I kind of always forget this in-between part. You know what I mean? Like I remember the head explosion because it's kind of epic, but um, I forget that this is where we go after the helicopter scene. In my brain, my adolescent, we uh, go right from the helicopter to the game show.
0: You know what I mean? It is a lot more memorable and it is, it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. So it's not (laughs) not, going to have to do a lot here. (laughs) Yeah. its And maybe it's just comparing this to Terminator because James Cameron probably wrote a book about the future in, in that world. Whereas in this, hopefully Paul Michael Glaser read the book but <laughs> doubtful doubtful it, it seems doubt it looks largely they kept the being hunted by blank because some guy called killian runs a tv show and then there's the names
1: yeah it's it's a way for the government to uh kill off its you know most wanted for entertainment
0: sort of control the narrative Yeah, you, know, you see a lot of lies and Fake shit on this. Come on. Don't bullshit me.
1: <laughs> Which I think it's funny that uh, when we have... What's, what's her name in the movie? Uh, Amber. Uh, Maria Conchita Alonso. Uh, who's pretty, like, difficult to understand in this movie. <laughs> we'll, we'll let it go there. Um, but I think it's funny that she gets thrown in just for being, like, the lover of him. You know? <laughs> Even though she turned him in.
0: <laughs> yeah. And she... Although I think part of it was that they caught her snooping in the... Film.
1: No, that's that's totally it. But to justify it to... Oh,
0: right. To the
1: audience. She cheated like, on
0: her college exams. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just think that's funny that we go from like a murderer of like thousands of people to, you know, cheating on exams and She's being... She's a slutty
0: cheat. Yeah, exactly.
1: So even the state of affairs for women in the future is not as good. <laughs> just like today.
0: Right. Reality TV close to police state sometimes exactly um, the resistance yeah I think I feel the resistance was a lot cooler in the book even though the resistance is led by the guy from Fleetwood Mac and uh oh
1: my god I didn't even put that together
0: the grey haired guy that sort of looks like the wise guy from Nightbreed uh, yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, let's Mick Fleetwood and uh, one of Frank Zappa's kids was his partner I think that it was Dweezil
1: Dweezil? As I'm like looking down the cast list, this is such a weird cast to put together. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, Richard Dawson, although. (laughs) I gotta
1: tell you, Richard Dawson, that that is a history of my mom and me because we would sit down and we would watch, I don't know if you remember, but like the Game Show Network when it first launched was literally the Game Show Network and they would just show old game shows. And I was obsessed with Richard Dawson era Family Feud. Uh, obsessed with it and how uh rapey he
0: was <laughs> <So>
1: <laughs> because rapey. he would basically kiss every woman that would come on
0: the show <laughs> he did that in the movie too not with all the women but there was a woman at least that he it's like i gotta kiss you watch your tongue or something like that
1: yeah i feel like he pretty much was just playing himself in this movie i don't think he really had to stretch
0: much maybe it was on a special feature but a, a few people said that that's kind of how Richard Dawson acted with people that work for him a little like all the time. Yeah.
1: Like he has this little sassy gay makeup artist come along and like powder his face every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought that character was really funny. Just like in the background all the time, like with the makeup ready to go making his best, like Percy face. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh, the gays survived the future. Congratulations. <laughs> I think it's really funny that they, they escape the prison, that whole that whole thing. And um, there's a really funny moment where uh, the guy with the glasses, I forget what the name of the guy is. Harold, is that right? I, Harold, the one with I, the glass, the computer guy.
0: That sounds right.
1: And he's only the computer guy because he can put numbers into a code system. <laughs> that makes him the computer guy. He can put in the code.
0: Our hands are too big and strong to right? type
1: your dainty fingers will help us
0: do it nud
1: uh and so they they're they have this whole like battle scene where uh they're trying to break out of the prison we get the the head explosion which i think is pretty good for this era of special effects oh yeah yeah i thought that that was I, I didn't remember, I remember that scene, but I didn't remember that they did it so effectively because the guy's like actually running and the head explosion happens. It's not like it's, um, sitting in, sitting in place, like in uh scanners or something. You know what I mean? Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, they, they had,
1: they had to do some work to get that happen. Uh, and then, um, Gosh, and then they cut to them going to the resistance and Arnold trying to get away. And I kind of this is the part where I don't really understand is that he goes to Amber's apartment because it used to be his brother's.
0: Right. He, he Well, he thought it still was his brother's. And they tell him that he's
1: gone back in for like reprogramming or something.
0: Reeducation. What is that? And they never explain what that is. Well, generally, at least if it's the same as it is in other dystopic type movies, it basically means the person got sent... It's it's a step below getting sent off to the work camp. It's getting taken into the black site and getting retaught how you're supposed to behave. So, God. you know, he very well could never have come back. I mean, they did give away his hotel. Or, not his hotel, his apartment. But... You know he was taken in for reeducation is rebrainwashed or a euphemism for disappeared,
1: yeah. It's just like one of those things in this movie that they don't really expand upon. So it's like, ah it's just a convenient line to understand why we're going to this apartment is how I kind of put it,
0: yeah, you know, because in the in the book, he's moving all over the place. and he's, yeah going to different cities and
1: well and there's a there's a purpose behind it he's he's trying to do this for his family
0: this is as far as we know the only person is his brother and he didn't even hear about anything happening to his brother because he was in right. jail in the in-between now yeah i'm sure they didn't have well i don't know maybe they had tv in there too because it seems like they're using tv much like a lot of people use tv yeah to distract and sedate,
1: and I think it's funny that we get the uh, we get the scene where
0: Amber comes home
1: and she's doing her best Alexa moment, where she's like, <laughs> "Lights, coffee, like get it all done." Oh shoot, I think my I think I actually think my Alexa just heard me. So Uh-oh. let's let's see if this happens. But
0: <laughs> I forget that's
1: wh- the that's the problem with having this Alexa thing is like whenever you say Alexa, it's like, "Yes, what would you like?"
0: <laughs> You're gonna have a bunch of stuff from Amazon now
1: yeah well we have what do we have it's only hooked up to you know obviously uh, whatever we want it to it's hooked up to our music and it's hooked up to our lights that's the only things that we have it hooked up to
0: oh well, that's not bad that seems like even if it goes crazy the worst that happens is your lights go off and
2: open the
3: pod bay doors hal
0: i'm sorry dave i'm
2: afraid i can't do that
3: what's the problem
2: I think you know what the problem is just as well as I do. What are you talking about, Hal? This mission is too important for me to allow you to jeopardize it. I don't know what you're talking about, Hal. I know that you and Frank were planning to disconnect me. And I'm afraid that's something I cannot allow to happen.
0: Because we have
1: that Sonos system. I don't know if you're familiar with that.
0: Is that where the speakers are all throughout the house?
1: Yeah, and they're all like hooked up to Bluetooth and stuff, and they you can either have them play separate music or um, all, all play the same music. We've had it for a while, but now it was just kind of lucky coincidence that Amazon paired with them. So we're like, all right, we'll do it. Why not? But yeah, I just loved that scene because I was like, well, they at least got one thing right about the future. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they got that. They got... I don't know if they really use facial recognition, but they did use the facial masking later on when Mm -hmm. when Killian's show isn't going as well as he liked, and people are betting on Richards instead of the stalkers. Are they called? They're called stalkers in the movie too
1: yeah yeah which i think it's funny the the betting system i just totally don't understand because it's pretty much just people like waving money and throwing it on stage <laughs> like <laughs> i don't think that's how this works you guys like ah oh, that yeah i, bet. You know, I guess in, in a in a dystopian future where everyone is poor and uh is kind of living in the streets that's how we're gonna waste our money (laughs) you know
0: what i mean it's the you know the fall in the fall of the empire people go to the arena or the coliseum i've never been much of a gambler
1: no um if i go to the casino because that's kind of a thing when you live in michigan he's like you pilgrimage to the casino i don't i don't know why um but uh I basically just like slots, and then I know how to play blackjack, but I'm I'm very nervous about playing it because I'm afraid I'm going to do something wrong, and get like uh, castrated <laughs> for it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm I have like this weird fear of like disobedience. Like I don't know if it was instilled in me in a very young age, but I like I'm such a rule follower that I, I just I, I hate breaking the rules, and I I, I I get so nervous like when going to the airport. I, so I can resonate with this scene in Running Man where they go to the airport to, um, you know, Ben Richard's plan is to go to Hawaii. Well, and he's taking Amber with him as like, because she has the travel card, which I thought was really funny that you book your travel through your TV and a barcode. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the security scene where they're like, i uh, trying to find the, the travel pass and everyone's like, hurry up, hurry up. I get so aggravated in a security line because i'm afraid i'm gonna do something wrong and get pulled into like the room you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, that i just like freeze up and um i think it's funny my husband he's like relax it's all fine you are a normal human being you have no bombs on you just relax we're just going on vacation
0: doc. god damn it uh, i feel i get randomly selected about every other time i fly by God. TSA for extra attention. And it depends. I, I am definitely more likely to cause a stink. I, uh, I, I'm pretty good at sounding like I'm being polite and nice, but being a dick. Yeah. And... <laughs> The the time that they were swabbing me and checking me for bomb residue and they couldn't tell me what they were touching me with or what it did, I got really fucking annoyed. And basically my wife said, shut up or I'm going to leave you here. Oh no. Because I was, I was just, yeah, it was, I wouldn't say not my proudest moment because I am kind of proud of being a dick to the TSA because I think most of it is security theater yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know especially when there's so many other fucking things that are not even guarded as closely and strictly and crazily as a fucking airport gate well and the tsa always looks so fucking bored
1: you know what i mean (laughs) like they're just like whatever like come on okay you're the random person we're gonna frisk like we have all these wands and everything that we don't really know what they do but you know for your production
0: (laughs) i need to check oh you had a piece of gum in your pocket get get back there you have to go through again right oh it's so ridiculous Take off your shoes. Let me look in your hair. Oh, you have an empty water bottle? I think you might have used that to make a bomb. I have to check you. Let me check this three-year-old kid in a wheelchair or this 800-year-old woman. Yeah, we even had...
1: I don't know if you know like what the like travel corkscrews look like for wine, No. where it doesn't even have the knife on there. It's just basically like a plastic thing with like the corkscrew part of it. We accidentally had one of those in one of our carry-ons one time, and they like pulled us aside, and they're like, what is this? And I was like, oh, I didn't realize it was in there because I bought it at a random hotel when we were like, <laughs> you know? Right. Like, what do you think we're going to do with that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could go on and on about the TSA, but recently— it was there until and i'm not counting on the supreme court to help us anytime soon with it it was ruled that tsa can't be held liable for violations they do to you because they're not police which also aren't really held liable for shit they do to you
1: that's i did not know that no yeah, we, we actually just talked about this whole supreme court stuff on our last episode It, it it's i think that my co-host probably you know he he. he sums it up much better than I do. But um, it's it's a scary time, and this is the time where it sets a precedent for like the next 30 years, and that's uh, that's kind of uh, frightening a little bit. You know that these people get put into power for basically the rest of their lives, and that kind of settles on how you know the government is going to be ran for the rest of our lives. You know. Yeah. That's that's scary. That's scary stuff. And the fact that Donald Trump gets the chance to uh, pick two of them is a little bit angry. It angers me because I don't I don't I think I said this on our episode, but I don't care who you are. I don't care if it's Obama. I don't care if it's Bill Clinton. I don't care if it's Bush. I, I think that the president should only be allowed to appoint one Supreme Court justice in their their term. Because we can't have that kind of imbalance, in my opinion.
0: I am interested in hearing out your idea on that. Now, do you, what about if a two-term president? Is it the same? I,
1: I still think it's the same. I mean, unless we we suffer like a, a major, um, where mm-hmm. like three people in the Supreme Court get, you know, get killed or something. You know what I mean? Like where it's... Um, a, a major influence on what the Supreme Court can do in their everyday decisions. I, I just think that one person shouldn't be able to do that. It's 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 one person really giving the rest of the country uh how they how they want things to be ran. And I don't know if that's I don't know if that's right. I don't even know if it's right that the president should be able to appoint justices. I think that it should be a committee. But you know, that's just my opinion.
0: <laughs> but you know, one person is I don't really have a lot of conflicting people listening to the show. As far as I know, I, I want those hate, hate listen, <laughs> uh, hate mail to read on, on, on the shows and the hate, hate listen downloads. But I, I think, you know, while there is a variety of disagreement, a lot of, most of us seem to be coming from about the same direction, but Yeah,
1: we, we get pretty much the same on our show. We've gotten a few, uh, weird comments and a couple of, random one star iTunes reviews for like, absolutely no reason. (laughs) But uh, that's kind of we kind of take that with a grain of salt that when we started our show, and we knew that we were coming at it from an LGBTQ perspective that we were going to get something, you know what I mean, it was Mm -hmm. either going to be it was either going to be grand praise and a lot of support, or it was going to be the complete opposite. And I think we kind of both sat down when we started that show and said, like, Hey, listen, let's just do this. And we'll see where it goes. If it gets too overwhelming, we don't have to do it anymore. But thankfully, we've pretty much gotten almost all support. So it's it's been a it's been a good experience so far.
0: And if you don't recognize the voice, and I apologize, everyone, I think I forgot to say, this is Andrew from Friday the 13th. Whoopsie. <laughs> if you are a one of the awesome people that is you're all awesome if you're listening to this, but one of the awesome people that has listened to all the episodes so far, you probably recognize his voice from our previous conversations about yeah, rules of this attraction. Is,
1: and this is my third time, right?
0: Cherry Falls, yeah. This is number three, I think, right now. the The leaders, if you are all competing to keep coming back to my show, <laughs>
1: which I, which I definitely am. <laughs> um,
0: You are beating your partner three to one right now, your podcasting partner, not your wonderful partner who is letting me borrow you for a little bit of time today on the celebration, but not the occasion of their birthday.
1: I know. I felt horrible that I was like, oh, I scheduled this. And he was like, oh, that's the day we're celebrating my birthday. And I was like, oh, whoops. But it's not happening until later on today. So it's no conflict whatsoever. (laughs) But he's been, uh, Michael, my, my husband's been amazingly supportive and he just basically said today, he's like, well, I'm just going to go to the gym then. And I was like, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he's so nervous to like make noise in the background. I'm like, it's okay if you make noise. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> he get he gets so nervous that he usually will like go away in the back bedroom and like put on headphones and like get on the tablet. And I'm like, you know, you realize this a little over-exaggeration, right? <laughs>
0: Send him a text. Do you have to type so loud? Yeah, right? <laughs> the TSA yeah. thing. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. In uh, 2000, this was just sort of settled, or at least settled for now, unless they somebody takes it to a higher court. But Nadine Pellegrino filed a case alleging false imprisonment and malicious prosecution after a 2006 conflict with TSA officers at the Philadelphia International Airport. U.S. District Court Judge Curtis Joyner dismissed the case because federal employees generally are immune from lawsuits unless they are, quote, investigative or law enforcement officers, unquote, Jesus. under the Federal Tort Claims Act. So TSA doesn't fall under that. They get our government has so many. These people are more on the. Minor annoyance, scale of the mercenaries that the government employs they're they're not like ice. right? Or something like that. Uh, I hey,
1: I gotta take a quick, quick break if that's okay.
0: There is no bathroom. Yeah, yeah, let's let's take a little break right now. uh probably play a promo for Friday the 13th and maybe another one, maybe a song that has to do with this movie or this theme, and we will be right back. Are you
2: terrified by real life? Us too! Do you like horror movies? Us, us too! <laughs> then join Maddie and Andrew, your co-hosts, for a new podcast that explores horror in real life and horror in the movies. And all with a fresh and fabulous gay perspective.
1: We are a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Facebook, or wherever your favorite podcasts are
2: found. We're Friday the, the 13th! 13th. You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension of not only a film and sound, but mind. A journey into an auditory movie review adventure that must be experienced to be believed. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, The Doomsday Clock. You can extract The Witch vs. The Doomsday Clock podcast by either searching for W-Y-C-H on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, soundcloud tune in and on your android device which versus the doomsday clock is a proud member of legion podcasts so prepare yourself the podcast ice is gonna break thank you we're back
0: we are back talking about the lesser of the running man i would say i am Upon rewatch, I'm not saying I don't like the movie. I don't even think it's the same sort of thing as, whoa, the book was better. It, I feel like they cut a lot of the spirit.
1: I don't. I just don't think it's a... I think it's a... They took the idea, but not the content. You know what I mean? Like, this is... This is an 80s <laughs> romp into a dystopian future.
0: Yeah. And it's... Fun in that way.
1: Yeah, it it reminds me of like being ten, ten or ten or eleven years old at like a sleepover, you know?
0: You put on running man, you see Richard Dawson be really creepy. <laughs> you see what happens when You see what happens to the good cop that tries not to brutalize citizens. I know. Oh
1: God, this is like, there's so much in this that can relate to today with like the unjust police officers and punishing the in- innocent. And <laughs> there's just so much here. And I think it's funny when he like runs, when he gets caught at the airport, he, when he runs away, he just like runs into the airfield, which I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> You're obviously going to get caught. Um, And then you know we go through that extended sequence which i mentioned earlier where he gets offered to go into the running man to save his partners which is a complete lie because they throw them in the running man anyway
0: i feel like that's the replacement for we already killed your family
1: yeah yeah totally um but but totally like they just met so <laughs> not that big of a deal they were just friends in prison
0: but i guess it, they're playing off it cuz they do really lay it on thick about how you know they're just innocent people, and yeah. <laughs> oh, <he's>...
1: <laughs> <laughs> one thing I forgot to mention I had written down was uh, when he goes to uh, Amber's apartment. Uh, I noticed the code to get into the apartment. Did you Did you notice this?
0: Was it like one one two two three three or something? <laughs> Pretty like much that? it's
1: four four five five six six. Real complicated guys. Oh, yeah. And nobody
0: changed it even when I don't know, when Ken. Moved out. Yeah. Let, let's call Ben's brother Ken.
1: All right, I Ken, can go with it.
0: Ken Richards or Keith Richards, since they like to have little nods. I think uh Mick Fleetwood's partner is Stevie, like Stevie Nicks. Right.
1: You are pointing out things that I did not even pick up on. (laughs) They send him into the Running Man,
0: which is basically
1: a game show that has taken over the airwaves, um, but has reached like a pinnacle. Like they, their ratings are at the peak of where they think they can be. So they're like, "What can we do?" It's that like classic '80s mentality of like the sinister, like even like curling of the mustache type of character, where like he'll do anything to get ahead
0: and get more ratings yeah and what's his face that was in wayne's world uh, that also worked for he's like one of the producers yeah and i think he's a producer no he's the head of the network and no holds barred
1: <laughs> so he basically his career is based on playing different tv
0: people yep. <laughs> different level uh, of sketchy tv people
1: and i i think that the one scene that always kind of cracks me up that is that it's just it's so random is where he is talking with the, um, Oh God, what I put this down. The court appointed theatrical lawyer. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And he signs the uh, contract on his, and he's like, use my back. I'll, you know, to sign it. And then he stabs him with the pen. and Like nothing comes of this.
0: (laughs) Don't forget to send me a copy.
1: There's so many one-liners in this. It's, it's kind of like, I feel like this is like made for kids, but super, actiony and super bloody and i I, it's a weird it's that it falls in that weird time in the 80s where we were giving kids violence you know what i mean
0: yeah keep them away from the sex
1: yeah (laughs) and it's it falls in that weird realm of where um these kind of action movies could get away with it but movies like friday the 13th and ones that were um made for the gore couldn't and the mpaa (laughs) kind of just looked away you know
0: well, they they were probably thinking something along the lines of it might be beneficial for us down the road for this generation to not think that this is too out of the ordinary.
1: God, we were setting it up even in the eighties. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Reagan.
1: <laughs> oh, and we continue to test it to this day.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's... What
1: can what can we get away with that you are just gonna forget about the next day because something
0: else happens? A lot of stuff a lot of people will forget about a lot of stuff really fast especially if it's on tv because then it's less real well and you know
1: we can you know change the channel we can um go to a, another web or another tv station that has the opposite reaction it's there's so much out there in mass media that it is impossible to keep up and so we tend to forget what's happening right now because we're so focused on what happened yesterday. So things just keep happening and we keep letting them get away with it because it's happening so fast that we don't know how to stop it.
0: Yeah. The protest, uh, like a form of protest fatigue or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And that that's something I've been struggling with. (laughs) I lost, I lost two people in the, in the Facebook group. Oh no. Um, And having a, a smaller group, I love that this is a group with a lot of focus on politics and there really hasn't been any big, holy fuck moment yeah. in there. But when you lose two people in that size of a group, I think you get a notification that says your group shrank by 300% or something. Oh. <laughs> something like that. And it's like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah,
1: no, I... So I work in, um, I work in marketing and so I'm obsessed with numbers and analytics and like downloads and like all that stuff. So I think that, um, Maddie gets a little like annoyed with me because I'm constantly asking all the, for all these numbers and everything, because I'm just so obsessed with it. So I, <laughs> I, I feel your pain. I mean, I think that, you know, that from listening to our show, we're the same way, you know, I think. I honestly do think that we have an audience out there that skips our whole first half and just listens to the movie reviews, <laughs> because uh, I think that uh, some people may be fatigued by horror in real life, just because it's it's happening all the time. And yeah. I, I think that sometimes people don't want these. Sometimes people don't want to hear your opinion on those type of things, and that's okay. Like if yeah. they don't, then that's that's totally your jam. Everyone should have their own opinions, and everyone should. Um, But I think that what we're trying to do, and I think I think that this kind of goes for you, too, is we're trying to open the dialogue a little bit more and try to just, hey, these are this is what's going on. And I think that we need to talk about it, Um, you know, whether we agree or not. We've gotten to a point in our society now to where, like, if you don't agree, you don't talk about it.
0: It's a little unfortunate, I think. I think part of that is that people are inclined to try to avoid that sort of thing. And I definitely don't want to have fights with friends or people that I know, but I am always down for a debate.
1: Oh, and I think that we've kind of, we've in um, this, I think like, I would say probably the last two or three presidencies, probably going back to, I would say Clinton, we've kind of lost this, lost the debate side of this, you know, like we can, there is such thing as friendly debate we can talk about this stuff. And I think that we've kind of lost that, you know?
0: Yeah. Because some things are, it's it's like less words, more volume in a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of stuff is up for discussion. A lot of stuff is difference of opinion, except for, you know, when you come to saying that a person doesn't, doesn't deserve to be alive because of how they were born. Yeah. That's kind of a, a thing.
1: I think we can draw a line there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I'm not up for debate on that shit.
1: It's it's just one of those things that like when it comes to basic human rights, that that's not up for discussion. Fuck anyway. the Nazis. That's all choice.
0: <laughs> Nobody's born a Nazi.
1: Right. Um anyway, we should probably go back to the Running Man because we yeah. haven't even gotten into the game yet. <laughs>
0: we we haven't.
1: <laughs> they get thrust into the uh the game of the Running Man, which is the basic premise of that is, you know, you get thrown into this thing and you just got to try to survive while um the Stalkers come after you, which are pretty much like WWE wrestlers coming after you with like Sub-Zero. various <laughs> weapons, oh, which I did know that the guy that plays Sub-Zero is from um, he's the indestructible guy from Three Ninjas. I don't know. I, I was huge Three Ninjas kid, so I noticed oh. that right away.
0: <laughs> I think I may have only seen Three Ninjas once and I never saw Three Ninjas Kickback, unless that's the name of the first movie.
1: Nope, that's the uh, second. Well, no, it's the third one actually, because there's three ninjas knuckle up. Me and me and my little brother, we uh, that was a minor obsession with us. That and uh, the later years are uh, Power Rangers to a certain extent. Okay. <laughs> so uh, if that dates me at all, you know, I was definitely the quintessential late '80s, early '90s kid.
0: <laughs> and the point of the games in the Running Man is. Yes you are sent into quadrants and you're sort of herded by these i, I don't know Motorcycle <laughs> you Yeah, motorcycle gangs and spectators maybe the people that are up on the wall throwing shit at you i don't know if yeah. they are employees or that's the good or bad seats to watch the show
1: that part when they get um thrown into the game via the vehicles that don't make any sense like metal grinding on metal going down (laughs) the the, rocket sleds yeah which i and this time i was watching i was like wait a minute they they send them all down one right after the other but none of them crash into each other like when they they shoot out the bottom i'm assuming that they all had different shoots otherwise that doesn't work
0: maybe they twist and turn around each other like twisty straws or something
1: yeah maybe um, but that part where they get shot out always reminds me of the, uh, motorcycle scene in weird science, <laughs> you know, the part the party scene where all like the, yeah. uh, ruffians come in for absolutely no reason.
0: <laughs> all the people from road warrior. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. They get launched into those rocket bobsled things. And I don't know, they've got guys in the control booth watching, but they, it, it, there doesn't seem to be any sort of control over it. So I don't know if it's just.
1: I think the main control is, like, when they, like, slam down the cages and stuff, so it forces them to, like, move on, you know? Like, you can't go back.
0: And this is where, you know, what, Sub-Zero, Buzzsaw, and Dynamo, those are the three in that order?
1: Yeah, those are the main three, uh, which, this is, like, a kid's, like, dream. Like, I don't know, it's just, like, uh, it it just hits on, like, that that right tone. And we get, you know, Sub-Zero, which is inexplicitly on ice skates for some reason because that's going to make your job easier
0: (laughs) yeah they played it in because he's got a goalie a hockey goalie stick but it's a blade
1: which i think is awesome i think that's an awesome weapon
0: yeah and sub-zero was that played by odd job i I haven't seen a lot of the james big but i don't know if it's a big reveal i haven't seen a lot of the james bond movies
1: me neither i you know i have seen some of the older ones, I've seen all the new ones because I think are, those are actually pretty good movies. Um, but it's just not in my catalog to go back to. I, I don't know. It's not, It's never been something that I was really big into. I know that there are those James Bond people out there. I know plenty of them. Um, it's just never been my forte.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if it has to do. My dad wasn't a big fan. I know a lot of people are into it because they sat down with their dads and watched James sure. Bond stuff. With my dad, it was video games or Star Wars or something like that, mm-hmm. you know.
1: And mine was just horror
0: movies. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely saw a lot of horror movies because of my dad, but most of them he didn't know that I was watching it until I yeah. was about twelve or thirteen, and then he was whatever.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, it, you know, we lost my dad at a at a pretty young age, but um, my influence came from my mom, and she was really big into. Um, especially movies like Nightmare on Elm Street and that kind of stuff. So that's where mine comes from. And most of that was like sneak watching it. <laughs> yeah, sneak <laughs> so. watching is
0: fun though. Yeah. I got Stephen like, King pretend, from Like my mom. pretending
1: you're asleep and like, kind of like squinting your eye open so that you could
0: watch it. <laughs> mm-hmm. The house I lived in until I was about 11 had keyholes on the doors in the oh, house cool. you know like, so
1: like skeleton keyholes <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i totally watched the is it Kevin Bacon that gets stabbed from under the bed yes in my in my memory of that and i'm pretty sure it's that scene i definitely know that my dad watched those movies regularly i had it remembered as, and or maybe it's a horror movie that i've never seen since but i remember i thought of somebody getting attacked by a rhinoceros from under the bed. <laughs> I, 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 The horn, the I, I think I replaced the, well, it was an arrow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I replaced that or filled my brain, filled that in with animal attack. I, or, maybe, or maybe there's a really cool movie where a rhinoceros jumps up from underneath somebody's bed. But I we're going
1: to we're gonna have to, we're going to have to look this up
0: because <laughs>
1: yeah. that's pretty random.
0: <laughs> Bo, if you're uh, listening, you like those animal attack movies. I'm sure I'm thinking of that. Because I'm pretty sure it was Kevin Bacon, too. I was pretty aware of who he was pretty early on.
1: It's funny. I have a very similar memory issue from my childhood that I finally resolved, like, last year. I don't know if you want me to tell you about that or not. Please do. So I I distinctly remember this movie from my childhood where, in my memory, these cheerleaders were being um, chased in a RV by these, like, hillbillies and, like, chased and killed one by one in this, like, forest setting. And in, all I could remember is that it ends in, like, a sawmill. And she, like, kicks him down into, like, the the down to the, what do you call those, the, the big silos. Oh, like, and that's, yeah. that's all I could remember. And, like, for the longest time, I could not find this movie. Well, it turns out that it wasn't cheerleaders. It was a softball team. And I finally found this movie, and how I got to watch this movie when I was a kid, I have no idea, because you want to know what the name of this movie is? What? It is called Baseball Babes in Hillbilly Hell. And it is, um, it's an exploitation movie, um, and it's one of the few exploitation movies that was directed by a female director, mm. I found out. And so I found this on like a free website because it's obviously at this point, it's not looking to make any money. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't and forget I wa- me. Yeah, and I watched it and I was like, how was I, how, how was I able to watch this movie? Because, you know, in the opening scene is a softball game um, and they, they basically get like beat up by these like guys. And then they go to a locker room scene where they're all just completely naked.
0: I'm like, why was I able to watch this? (laughs) Free HBO preview, maybe? Or...
1: maybe I don't know. It just, it was one of those weird kid things that, you know, you have in your memory, but you just can't reach it. You know what I mean? Like, you can't get to that memory. But I would encourage your listeners to look up Baseball Babes in Hillbilly Hell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm curious now. Sub-Zero is trying to kill them. He traps nerd guy in the in the what in the goal yeah and the venus flytrap goal and... i
1: think that this is the best set piece in my opinion this like whole role like a uh, ice skating rink area because it, it plays into his character so well
0: and especially the one later on with what captain america awesome or whatever
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> america <laughs>
0: it's like okay you're in the room and there's spikes on the wall and there's barbed wire i guess uh but yeah this this was like a hockey rink i feel like the they had some fog or some dry ice going, and Arnold makes a giant—how do you—is it garrot? hell do I know? He makes a giant <laughs> choky thing on a stick made out of razor wire.
1: Yeah, he like pulls it off of the because he's so strong, you know. It's Arnold, so he he pulls it off, and it's like connected to the barbed wire, and he makes like a cho- like a choke line or whatever. Because he's because this guy's on skates. <laughs>
0: he can't stop they didn't really show it but it looked like he chopped off some of his fingers in the process
1: yeah because i think he goes to like what do you you know how you when you get choked you go to grab whatever's choking you you know and it's barbed wire so (laughs) and this movie like for for i I think i said it before but this is a lot bloodier than i remembered
0: yeah it, it is remembered a little bit more sporty like american gladiators until you sit down with it although there wasn't as much blood as if we get the Bachman running man stop whining I know
1: <laughs> I would love that though if we you know we actually got a Stephen King's running man that'd be so fun
0: yeah I mean now's now's the time I think if if pet cemetery does as well as I think it's going to I'm not I'm not all right you're this. not looking forward to it that's right I
1: I love that movie so much. I know that it gets a lot of 90s hate, but I just like that movie. I don't know why we got to remake it. But, you know, listen, I've said this before, and I've been proven wrong before, so I will always give it a chance. <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll take a remake of that before they do a remake of The Night Flyer or Thinner or something like that.
1: Well, I don't think we need to revisit Thinner. <laughs> <laughs> uh that there is some because i've read that book too
0: and and that was that a bachman is... one wasn't it
1: yeah it is it totally is yeah there's just some problematic things in that book <laughs> mainly with uh the way that he gets the curse if you know what happens in that book slash movie
0: <laughs> i remember what happens in the movie but i can't remember it's the same it's oh the okay same. <laughs> yes yes
1: Yeah, road road ahead leads to gypsy curse. That's all you need to know. (laughs) You know, you gotta,
0: you gotta think about it. Get away the pros and cons.
1: (laughs) I just don't know how that's going to play with modern audiences.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they are. Taking a little bit more license with R ratings and horror mm-hmm. now. Well, and
1: I, and I will say all of the Stephen King adaptations that are happening now are much more to his source material than when we used to get those back in the, like, 80s. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So who knows? We'll see. I mean, I, I would have been fine if they didn't remake Pet Cemetery, but I am I am going into it with curiosity and optimism.
1: That's kind of how I feel about um, the Suspiria remake. Because now that I've seen the preview for it, I'm like, okay, this could maybe work.
0: You still have my attention.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so who is the next stalker that is sent out? I think we get a double whammy here, right?
0: Yeah, after yeah after Sub-Zero, now just plain Zero, we get Buzzsaw. Oh
1: my god, I wrote down that line too. Because <laughs> it doesn't make any
0: sense. <laughs> You know, I, they crammed it in. I, he says, "I'll be back before he gets shot off in the rocket sled." You know, this I mean, this I movie. I
1: like Richard Dawson's uh, rebuttal. He's like, "Only in a rerun." Only in a rerun.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, we get Buzzsaw and I think Dynamo. Dynamo, yeah. Who?
1: Which is the most inefficient killer <laughs> of this movie?
0: Opera. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess that's really him doing the singing, which is cool.
1: I just don't really understand his. I guess he does kill one of them, but I just don't understand his power. (laughs) I don't understand how you can shoot lightning.
0: (laughs) Uh, You know, he's got the force. Uh, Maybe he's left over from the show when it was in the 70s. uh, Well, no, because society didn't collapse until 2017.
1: I mean, this is like a weird... (laughs) <laughs> um, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, so I guess we have to lower our expectations a little bit <laughs> of, being, of being told what's happening.
0: Your job, Dynamo, is to be the loud, shiny thing that Arnold smashes. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the TV when he gets angry. You cold-blooded bastard. I'll tell you what I
3: think of it. i live to see you eat that contract. But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine! Ah!
1: <laughs> I love his little like go kart that he has, because <laughs> it reminds me of back in the day when we used to have Power Wheels, and I wanted a Power Wheel so bad, and my parents would never buy me one.
0: <laughs> pow pow Power Wheels. Yeah,
1: I always wanted the uh, the like army jeep with like the walkie talkies and the water bottles and stuff.
0: <laughs> if only you had waited a couple more years, you could have been a stalker. I know. God, the things I missed out on as a child. <laughs> what would would your what would your stalker persona be
1: oh god i don't even know you gotta prep me for these things um (laughs) we'll we'll wait we'll wait
0: towards closer to the end
1: i mean would i like shoot like rainbows or something you know
0: (laughs) that yeah that's that's up to you how you want to do it captain fantastic that sounds yeah that main name might be copywritten but i think in the future if you work for the department of justice and the running man series you probably can get around that yeah
1: um so they try to their best to kill all of these people um they kill the two friends one is killed by buzzsaw and one is killed by dynamo but in the subsequent events uh buzzsaw is dispatched by arnold
0: i don't take requests <laughs> or was that does he say that to killian at the end
1: i don't remember there's so many one-liners that i can't i wrote a bunch of them down but <laughs> just so ridiculous let me give you a lift
2: I'm the famous comedian Arnold Braunschweiger
3: danger is my trade now remember I can here. break your neck like it's a chicken
2: you are mine now you belong to me you're not gonna have your mommy's run behind you anymore and wipe your little douches
1: the character of Buzzsaw is like this roided out guy who constantly looks like he has to like go to the bathroom <laughs> 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 he constantly looks constipated because he's just like oh
0: as part of me yeah uh, the like, stalkers
1: okay. are like obviously like way over exaggerated versions of American gladiators essentially
0: <laughs> yeah uh, there's fireball which fireball he
1: has like th- there's just things in this movie that bug me because like Fireball obviously has like a way better weapon than anybody else. It's like this <laughs> huge flamethrower <laughs> that would just burn you up in like a second. So the fact that he hesitates when he has Amber in the room where she finds uh, the, the the people that she thought had won the game before and he doesn't immediately fire on her, I'm like, come on, dude, like just get it over with. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, that's the that's the thing. You
1: sly dog! You got me monologuing.
2: I can't
0: believe. It. <laughs> so
1: yeah, they they preface this game with that there have been people that have won it. So like it's possible. So, but in all in all actuality, they have just killed those people and for some reason keep their bodies in a locker room.
0: I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's out of the way. Maybe they just said "fuck it" when they moved to the bigger facility because that's kind of like an abandoned warehouse inside the the zone. Sure, I
1: will say the uh, the you know the compute quote unquote computer guy. He hacks into the system to be able to um, upload video to the to the the network, and he rattles off these like seven random numbers that i'm like how in the hell is she gonna remember all these numbers while also running for her life
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's tapping into that (laughs) what the (laughs) is kind of a bit of an oxymoron but the like the atavistic part of the brain that's good with numbers I the, guess the primal part of the brain that doesn't exist. You totally wouldn't be able to remember that shit.
1: I, it's so funny because <clears throat> I was thinking of it and I'm like, well, if that was me, we're all going to die because I cannot remember that long and also be like running for my
0: life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just watched it last night and the only number I remember is 17.
1: And I only remember 44 because it's repeated twice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're screwed.
1: And then, you know, they get captured by the resistance, or not captured, I shouldn't say captured, saved by the resistance, and they're going to upload a video that kind of vindicates everything that they have been going through and show the people that uh, they've been lied to this whole
0: time. Fleetwood, what, he makes a comment about, Mr. Spock, You have you have control or something like that? And the guy says, yeah. who's Spock?
1: I know I thought that was funny too <laughs> cuz I think that if um well I guess not because we have the new Star Trek movies but I think if you showed this to you know a 14 year old right now they would probably be like yeah who is Spock? <laughs> you know <laughs> There's some things in there that I think are pretty remin- they 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 did a good job of
0: predicting some of the future stuff yeah. you know what I mean The digitization I mean Mick Fleetwood is leader of the resistance I don't think a lot of people know that but uh, no, <laughs> I have no fucking clue what he's doing. I saw Stevie no, I Nicks either. on American Horror Story a couple years ago.
1: Yeah. I think they're, I think that they are actually touring now, um, that they've finally resolved their differences between Stevie and the rest of the group. I think that they're doing their tours. They're trying to make their last little amount of money before they kind of like hang up the hat and move on, you know, because I know Stevie has like her own, you know, single career.
0: Maria Conchita Alonso, the only other thing I remember her from was Moscow on the Hudson.
1: Oh, God, I don't even know what that is.
0: <laughs> that is uh, also 1980s movie. She plays an Italian woman in that, where Robin Williams plays the saxophone in the Soviet Circus. Oh, my God they go to perform in new york and i i mean it, it this is kind of it, it's not really a spoiler because the rest of the movie is everything and if you look at the box for the movie it gives it away but he ends up defecting oh and, gotcha and it's robin williams former soviet saxophone player living in new york in the 80s is uh, it a good movie I think so, but I also saw it when I was younger. I probably shouldn't have seen it when I was younger, but... Well,
1: you know, it it is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, it's... it's. uh,
0: I think it's funny, and I saw it maybe less than a year ago, and I still like it, so I would check it out.
1: There's probably a a ton of movies that I shouldn't have seen as a kid, but I did. Um There's definitely a Sylvester Stallone movie out there that I was obsessed with when I was a kid. I'm blanking on the name right now, but it was, oh, Cobra. I don't know if you remember Cobra. Yes. And I, apparently, my mom tells me to this day that I was obsessed with that movie when I was a kid. And I would throw fits if she wouldn't let me watch it. And really? so, and I, I watched that movie a couple years back and I was like, holy shit, why was I able to watch this? <laughs> that's a very violent movie.
0: It's very violent.
1: Um, but to round out the end of The Running Man, um, <laughs> uh, this is going to be a hell for you to edit. I
0: apologize. <laughs> nah, you know, I'll, it's it's good. I'll leave in most of her tangents, I think. Yeah. Um, Captain Freedom. Out-
1: yeah, Captain Freedom. Um, he So Jesse Ventura, they stage this whole thing where they gre- basically green screen um, Arnold Schwarzenegger to show that um, him and Maria Conchita Alonso get killed. Um, but in all actuality, that's all a big lie, too. And they upload the video that shows that he's actually a police hero, not a police criminal. They rush into the uh, area where they're staging the show with the audience and... Uh, things go haywire, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he goes up to Richard Dawson and basically gives him his final
0: comeuppance. You look mad, Ben.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love I, I I said this earlier, but I, I just love Richard Dawson. There's something about his charisma that um, always captured some kind of thing for me it's, it's that old game show host mentality. It's the Bob Barker. It's the, I forget I'm blanking on the guy who used to host match game, but like those were the guys that I grew up watching. And so like, there's this like weird nostalgia for, um, that kind of hosting, you know what I mean? That we don't really, we get it sometimes now, but it's mostly like Steve Harvey, like joking around, you know? (laughs) And then, um, So that's kind of the end of the movie. And then we obviously end on, well, we get the dynamo kill where he accidentally electrocutes himself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, before he (laughs) rapes her. or Well, it
1: doesn't even make sense because what is the purpose of her separating from the group? I I kept looking for like, what was she going to go do? But I don't, is she the one that's uploading the video? Is that what we're supposed to be?
0: Maybe, but maybe she had to do something inside the studio but the dweezil zappa type guy back in the the resistance headquarters is the one that's hacking into the yeah that's right stream
1: i got i got got confused and i I looked over at michael and i was like what why is she separating like she doesn't she's got a gun and stuff but she's not doing anything
0: (laughs) yeah maybe that was we gotta add a couple more minutes
1: or maybe that you know they're like oh shit this movie is already an hour and forty minutes we need to cut some of this off.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, and I maybe I missed it in just going going through, but when Sven, the big guy that I think plays the head security guard in Mallrats, also. Oh God. <laughs> um. And oh, maybe another maybe another wrong.
1: another day for those movies because I had a minor fascination with all those early Kevin Smith movies when I was a teenager. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely had all of them and watched them regularly. I actually have, um, I don't know if you are caught up, but, we're starting a new sidecast on Friday the thirteenth, where we're doing Friday's favorite movies.
0: Yes, and
1: um, and uh, Dogma is definitely on my list, so we'll be definitely visiting that at some point.
0: <laughs> nice, uh, Paul from Who Will Survive has claimed that one to do with me.
1: Oh, cool! Yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah,
0: but anyway, in Running Man, I have no idea why she is separated.
1: But they reunite at the end and of course get like that iconic like 80s kiss scene. And that's the end of the
0: movie. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why? I mean, I guess I could see them being friends, but I don't really get why. they up. I, I don't up... get
1: the lovers thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden they're lovers. She did hide that tape in none of your business for I know. I was all like, of that, that ordeal.
1: Does that mean vagina?
0: <laughs> I mean, they had to have searched her when they arrested her, right? Yeah. So I don't know where she could have hidden that that they wouldn't have looked. I I maybe that makes me feel a little bit better about the about the horrible police as they at least didn't sexually violate her, but <laughs> it, she doesn't have like a hairstyle that she could have hidden in her hair.
1: Right. I I, I get. So I, don't, I will I will say that like this is like peak Arnold Schwarzenegger time. Like this is what probably when he was either like the most famous or like on his way to being the most famous in his
0: career. What'd you say? Yeah. I mean, this is 87. I think predator came out around there. Commando came out around there. And
1: uh, I, I will say, you know, Arnold's looking pretty good. Like he, he's an attractive guy in this, in this era of his life. in that spandex <laughs> 80s suit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would not have worked in the Bachman running man.
1: A little too uh, extravagant for trying to sneak your way around avoiding the government (laughs)
0: trying to blend in
1: yeah in the i ah. think it's funny that he gets a different one than the other people so that (laughs) he stands out basically
0: (laughs) they're the red shirts i will say though
1: this was this was a really fun watch for me um i didn't mind doing this i think sometimes when you go on some of these shows uh you're like Damn it! I don't want to watch this movie, (laughs) but I was kind of looking forward to watching this movie. We had a fun time sitting down, having a couple glasses of wine, and watching this, and you know, making fun of it and just having fun with it. It's it's an easy movie to digest, I think.
0: It doesn't really feel as long as it. There's definitely some parts that I skip over in my brain, like we both talked about. There's there's some stuff, but it doesn't feel like it's close to two hours.
1: I know. I was surprised because I. I actually had thought of this movie as, like, being an hour 20, hour 30, but when I looked at the runtime and it was, like, an hour 41, I was like, oh, really? Like,
0: it didn't seem that long. I mean, what do you want from an Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie? You know, it's... It doesn't have as much story as Total Recall, Yeah, but, you know... I,
1: I actually think I... I, I always I always get nervous about putting these opinions out in the world because it's the internet. <laughs> but... <laughs> If if I'm gonna sit down and watch a watch a movie between The Running Man and Total Recall, I'm I'm probably gonna pick The Running Man because it's a little lighter, you know.
0: I'm a big fan of Stephen King, but I think that Philip K. Dick does shitty future better.
1: Yeah, this it, listen, and I, I think that you should probably take this into account. This is not a Stephen King story. <laughs> this movie is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this because if we if we gave this to stephen king um, he this would be a three-hour movie
0: a lot of people have directed stephen king novels and stories and i finally decided if you want something done right you ought to do it yourself this movie is a popcorn action dystopian movie it's got all the arnold taglines i think it's got all the ones that he had up until this point
1: Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, it's it's a slice of history that if you want to know what it was like in 1987, I think this is a pretty good representation of what was going on in uh, movies. And it is funny, like um, when I asked you, because I obviously listen to your show as it comes out and I've gone back a a little ways, but I haven't gone back all the way to the beginning. And um, I was kind of surprised you hadn't covered this movie just based on the format of your show.
0: I, there's, there's a few movies that haven't been claimed by anybody yet that are a little surprising. You know, nobody's taken up Red Dawn nice. yet. And some movies I, this wasn't one of them, but some movies I'm holding back for when I'm a little bit more of of a competent person. Like, do not worry everybody, there is going to be a Dr. Strangelove episode. Nice. And stuff like that, but I am almost ready to let you go. We sort of got to it, but officially, pimp your wares.
1: Yeah, so um, me and my co-host Maddie do a monthly show called Friday the 13th, where we examine horror in real life, which can span uh, doing serial killers, politics, pretty much anything that people consider a horror in real life. And then we transition into horror and media, which as of this day, we've focused on movies, but that does not stop us from eventually going into audio um, or... Uh, Books or anything like that. We've gotten a ton of people reaching out to us saying that they'd like us to do some books. So that might be something that we do in the future. Um, And we can pretty much be found wherever you listen to podcasts. So Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. um, And we are also part of the Legion Podcast Network. So you can listen to us there as well. I highly encourage you to check out Legion. Um, That's where Darren's show is. And that's where a lot of other great shows are being um, hosted from. So I definitely encourage your listeners to go give some of those a listen. Um, We can also be found on Facebook and iTunes, or I'm sorry, uh, Facebook and Twitter. And we just launched our Instagram account yesterday. So we'll be on there as well.
0: If you search Fry Gay. We're
1: the only one. So (laughs) not hard to find
3: us.
0: And one I cannot believe Not that you are not innovative, but I can't believe that just at this point somebody hadn't already taken that.
1: I listen. I am really surprised myself, to be honest with you. When I went to go, when I first came up with the name, which is not new, it's uh, a play off of Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. That's kind of Mm. known as Friday the Thirteenth because a lot of those actors were um, not out at the time and came out later. But So I thought for sure somebody had to have taken this in some way, shape, or form. And when I Googled it, and basically that was the only thing that came up, I was like, well, we're taking this now, TM, TM. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll do something with it, I just don't know what yet.
1: Yeah, so uh, <laughs> we're, we're having a lot of fun over there. Um, we're trying to bring more and more content um, just because we realized that once a month, uh, while it seems like a lot for us, people that binge podcasts get real. How do you say it? Like they they want more and more every single day. Eager, so, eager, yeah, is exactly. A good word. Yeah. So we're trying to we're we're doing a sidecast where we're doing Friday's favorite movies, which won't necessarily be horror. Our first episode was horror just because we recorded on Friday the thirteenth, so we did Friday the thirteenth. Um, but I know for our next episode of that, Maddie is making me watch Moonstruck so that's totally not oh, hard that'll be and then fun. i i think that uh, for my next one it's either going to be clue or Ooh. uh Romy and michelle's high school reunion so
0: oh man good choices very different movies
1: i know i i i feel like i have to do clue because it is my all-time favorite movie
0: yeah you can all you can save Romy and michelle for later
1: Darren, are you saying that you want to be a producer on Friday the
2: 13th?
0: <laughs> <laughs> just just a fan using my solo audience right now to make subtle suggestions.
1: It is funny when we talk about um like our audience. I'm always like, you know, our tens
0: of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Dozens of people are listening right now.
1: And we we've gotten a ton of feedback and support and, um, some good iTunes reviews, some good Facebook reviews. We've had people, we actually had one woman that reached out to us that was, it kind of like touched me a little bit that she, um, was a straight white woman. And she basically said in her, in her review that, you know, I wasn't real, I don't really have gay friends and I don't really know anything about like gay people. And I was, after listening to your show, I understand better and I'm more educated for it. So I was like, oh my God, seriously? Hell
0: yeah, that that makes it all extra worth it, you know? Yeah,
1: so I think that, you know, we're just trying to have fun with this thing. Um, I probably take it way too seriously, but <laughs> that's just my personality, so.
0: You just wanna make sure everybody's having as much fun as you, as you. Exactly. I'm gonna have fun and you're gonna have fun.
2: We're all gonna have so much fucking fun we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes.
1: (laughs) But we're we're having fun. We're on episode seven. Uh, We just did um, our patriotism episode, which I think if you think about uh, the state of America right now, you can probably (laughs) understand where that episode goes. (laughs) (laughs) But um, we also did the movies Uncle Sam, which I think is a highly underseen 90s slasher. Um we did I know what you did last summer which is probably an overseen 90s slasher.
2: <laughs>
1: and then we covered the first purge because it, the first purge just came out, so why not give that a watch and and
0: rate it. Uh well I want to thank you again for coming back and if uh you know how we do the don't let them take you to the sec- second location, duck and cover, all that stuff, what would be the bit of advice that you take? Ooh. Take Gosh, from the running man be.
1: what is it um, uh, don't be a su- don't be a plain zero be a sub
0: zero <laughs> <laughs> fair enough don't forget to duck and cover everybody
3: you will not be able to stay home brother There will be no pictures of you and Willie Mae pushing that shopping cart down the block on the dead run, or trying to slide that color TV into a stolen ambulance. NBC will not be able to predict the winner at 8.32 on report from 29 districts. The revolution will not be televised.